if there's just Huang Dinaiji, no Sang Han Lun, if no such book, then I can say very confidently, no Chinese or anything. Neijing was so beautiful. Then compared to like Shakespeare, a beautiful language that we read upon like classic literature, Sang Han Lun and Neijing, so beautiful. And why Sang Han Lun got the written style so good because the writer, he was a governor. He just wanted to be a doctor to serve the ordinary people. Welcome to Pacific Rim College Radio, a podcast sharing stories and wisdom from experts in the fields of holistic wellness and sustainable living. I am your host, Todd Howard, coming to you from Ravenhill Herb Farm, a permaculture design campus of Pacific Rim College in Victoria, British Columbia. As the show's guests demonstrate, by doing small acts to embrace more mindful living, we can positively impact our communities. Dr. Kevin Hu has been a faculty member at Pacific Rim College since 2007. After earning his PhD in medicine from a highly respected TCM university in China, Kevin moved to Canada to continue pursuing his passion of Chinese medicine. He draws deep inspiration from the classics of Chinese medicine, especially from the Shang Han Lun, Jing Gui Yao Lui, and the Huang Di Nei Jing, the latter which he likens to the literary works of Shakespeare. We discuss how these texts have influenced not only him, but also the modern-day practice of Chinese herbal medicine and acupuncture. We also discuss the origins of Chinese medicine, from ancient stone needles to a robust pharmacopoeia of herbs, and the culture of Chinese medicine in China. Lastly, we explore Dr. Hu's passion of better understanding cardiovascular disease and what the ancient practices have to offer in the treatment of people suffering from it. The thousands of students and patients of Dr. Hu will likely enjoy this intimate discussion of this humble man's passion and career. Please enjoy this episode of Pacific Rim College Radio with Dr. Kevin Hu. Kevin, welcome to Pacific Rim College Radio. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to have you here. You've been an instructor at Pacific Rim College for, I'm going to guess, at least a decade, right? More than that, probably? Yes. <laughs> I'm so lucky. Where did you develop your interest in, in Chinese medicine? I, I know you grew up in China. Is it just something that is part of the culture, or did you have people in your family who were doctors? How did you come to be familiar with it and want to become a doctor yourself? Yeah, I think first it's the culture of China, the culture of the family. Yeah. And also my, I love it. Yes. Yeah. I also, I also have one of the kid. Yeah. I heard my, my dad told me story. Yeah. His grandfather, yeah, in the last few days, yeah. His day or carried in a sedan chair yeah, to a patient's house. Yeah. Yes, it's a very exciting story. Now, now my uh, uncle, my dad's uh, elder brother, yeah, he was a great, great uh, Chinese medicine a doctor, herbalist. Yeah. He has no formal like, license, but the hospital uh, in that uh, area. Yeah. Uh, Entitled him the right <laughs> yeah. to receive his, yeah, except his prescription. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. What area of China did you grow up in? Wuhan, Hubei, oh. <laughs> China. <laughs> you said... <laughs> All right. And yeah. so you said your grandfather was carried on a sedan chair to treat yeah. patients. Is that because he was so old himself? Yes, yeah, in the 90s. Wow, he was still treating uh, to his 90s. <laughs> yes, he, he was respected by the people there. Yeah. Wow. He was once the one of the uh, rich of the family in that county. <laughs> wow. And was he treating primarily with herbal medicine, or did he use acupuncture and other aspects herbal of medicine. Chinese medicine? Herbal medicine, okay. Herbal medicine, yes. Yeah, while in college in my uh, first year and second year, yeah, I would visit my uncle, often got a, uh, tried, got a chance 
and just set by this dining table, right? <laughs> from the other patients to the uh, 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 other side. Yeah, like he told me story, many story I heard from him. Yeah, like you how to prescribe, uh, how to, yeah, how to prescribe a herbal prescription just like you uh, just, uh, deploy, deploy your army troops. Yeah, it's amazing. And always say, yeah, the first, yeah, uh, first time you treat your uh, new patient, yeah, always be careful. Yeah, no guarantee. Yeah, always just like you uh, throw a stone at night, no light, yeah, to know if the, if the road in front of you or not, or path in front of you or not. <laughs> it's very interesting. So he used to treat patients in his home at his dining room table. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, even, he's not a formal doctor. Yeah, okay. he was, uh, he passed, yeah, long time ago. Yeah, he was a, a language teacher yeah, in that, uh, yeah, okay. middle school in that county. And he was anti, anti-revolutionary. Yeah, at the time, yeah, his social standards is very low. Yeah, because, because he, he says something. He said to the truth, told the truth. Yeah, that's why at that, that time, yeah, he, had, he had a very hard life. So this was during the Cultural Revolution and he was an anti-revolutionist? Yeah, in the yeah, yeah, 1970s and early 1980s. Yeah, but later, yeah, he just started to change, yeah, become a normal people look like too late. How did the reign of Mao Zedong impact practitioners of Chinese medicine, for better yeah, or worse? A positive impact. It was positive. Uh, positive, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. nothing negative really impacted Chinese medicine, yes, because he's uh, his history. Yeah, why in the Second World War, yeah, have no source of modern medicine. Yeah, he really relies on uh, Chinese medicine herbs. Yeah, and he loves the Chinese uh, ancient literature. Yeah, he loved Chinese medicine, and because of him, yeah, China found uh, TCM colleges in each, each provinces. Yeah, uh, although although uh, we've been in during Cultural Revolution in any textbook, yeah, uh, the writers uh, gave credit to Mao Zedong. Yeah, but the content like the foreigners, uh, everything. Exactly quoted, yeah, from ancient books. Yeah. It's not really like that. Yeah, some people believe, yeah, Mao Zedong changed the Chinese magazine. No, yeah, that's because they, yeah, they have no time to do like a deep research of Chinese culture. Yes, if, if you open the uh, formula or herbal textbook, yeah, any formula, yeah, like. Uh, Manifestations or treatment indication, everything quoted from ancient books, especially from the first clinical book, Shanghan Lun, that's a coded damage. Mm -hmm. Did you mentor under your uncle to learn about herbal medicine? You mean my, my uncle mentored me? Yes. Mentored yes. me. Uh, and not only because we live separate in different places, I live in the capital city, I live in the county. At the site of the capital city. Okay. Yeah. But I found the time visited him yeah, many, many times a year. Yes. So, when did you decide that you wanted to study medicine to become a doctor? Yeah, that's the just graduated from high school. Yeah, I challenged it. I challenged it. Yeah, very strict, very tough uh, national uni, unified uh, college or university entrance exam. Yeah, at that time, yeah, only one out of 16 high school graduates can pass that exam. Then everyone gets scholarship from government, yeah, paying no, pay nothing, yeah, the full education. Yes, it's, it's a rare chance. Yeah, mm -hmm. I could, I could uh, choose, uh, uh, choose to go to a Western medicine style university and also Chinese medical style university. Yeah, but I chose the later. Yeah, because I love Chinese medicine. And, and another story I love, uh, 
Chinese ancient literature. Yeah, yeah, because Chinese non marketing was written in that way. Living in China, when you decided you wanted to study medicine, do you actually have to make that decision of whether or not you're going to study a Western approach versus the Chinese approach, or is it a a background where you actually yeah. study all? At that time, I say a candidate can decide which school or which、uh, college or university to go. But after pass the national standard exam, they pass exam first, then to apply school. Yeah, they have a lot of choice. Had a lot of choices. Yeah, I put a Chinese medicine school the first. The the second one is the Western medicine school. My second option.、Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You knew you wanted to be a doctor, yeah. And what school、yes. did you end up going to? What university did you study at? Yeah, that's Hubei. That Hubei College of Chinese Medicine. Now changed the name Hubei University of Chinese Medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. So I know herbal medicine is certainly part of the everyday culture in China. Is acupuncture also? That embedded in the culture that it's something that is common for everyone to receive. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So、uh, Chinese medicine Mandarin is called Zhongyi. In China, everyone mentions Zhongyi. Everyone may think about two things: herbs and acupuncture. Yeah. Yeah. Although acu-、uh, herbs is more popular、mm-hmm. yeah, than acupuncture, but acupuncture is also very popular. During my Chinese medicine studies, I went to Beijing for three months to do rotations in the hospitals in Dongjimen. And what I was really struck by is the integration there of medicine, and that in the hospitals there are wards for everything that we have here in hospitals, but also there's an acupuncture ward, and there's a herbal medicine ward, and a Tuina ward, and so. My experience yeah. was yeah. that patients were really given the best options for treatment, rather than something、yeah. where the system just funnels them into more of a Western medical approach, which is pharmaceuticals and surgery. In China, it seems that acupuncture and herbs and tuina are all incorporated into that. Is that correct? It's correct. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, and、uh, and I、uh, I just contacted I talked to one of my、uh, classmate before now he、uh, he practice in United States yes and、uh, he told me had a chance、uh, to do acupuncture in a hospital yes yes in eastern part so I know in California there are many hospitals I heard the hospitals accept acupuncture doctors. In their hospital practice, some herbs too. Now, why why not Canada? Yeah, yeah, that's、well, great to hear that it is expanding. So, and what I was also struck by is that patients would typically come in for treatment almost daily in the acupuncture ward, as opposed to here in Western culture, where it's often you'll see a patient once every one or two weeks, or maybe even once a month. In China, it's far more consistent, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Just give example, like sciatica.、Uh, it is the first time in China a patient may be treated, yeah, like every day or every other days, not all way to like twelve times. They call a treatment cause. Yeah, after that, then to assess the treatment result. Yeah, these stories happened here before I moved to Canada sixteen years ago. Yeah, at that time, yeah.、Uh, The price not that high, but now it's also very high now. Yeah, not everyone can afford acupuncture treatment in China. Sorry, the price is high in China. It's very high now too. Yeah, not everyone、price. can really. Yeah, afford it now. Even in the hospitals, it's high.、Uh, then hospital different is covered. Yeah, covered hospitals by covered. basic insurance. Yes. So why would someone? Why would a a practitioner or a doctor succeed in China with a private clinic, where he or she is charging a lot more money, when patients could also go to a hospital and have it covered? 
Oh, that depends the standard uh, to say succeed. Yeah, if it's a money, yeah, and then not private the sector is really many, many of them that success. But if from like a professional standard, the hospital in China is still standard there. Yeah, in China different from Canada. In private practice, usually, usually the education, yeah, it's not that high in China. That's a good doctors work in hospital. Yeah, here it's different over it. So the the better doctors are working in hospitals in China. The best, best, and the better all in the, all in the hospitals okay. in China. Hospital doctors, hospitals, yes. So opposite to like in yeah. Canada and the United States, I think. And yeah. yet, patients would still sometimes go to a private clinic and pay a lot more money, even though the better doctors are free and in the hospitals. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, it's called a business. That's a different story. So you mentioned you have an interest in Chinese literature. Yes, because of what I my my uh, uh, elementary school, middle school, era of lots of Asian books. Okay. And, and also Chinese medicine also written in that book too. Yeah. In your school, you, I, I remember you hand something on the wall that you could not, the, the minutes, you could not become an official governor and then become a governor. The, the minute actually in ancient times, yeah, people try, tried very hard to challenge the different levels of the exam and then to enter the political system to become a high rank officer and then make money. Yes, if they failed, they will have no chance, and then they become a doctor. And the, oh. also, this I learned from my yeah from my uncle is that yeah, a highly educated uh, person in his time and to learn Chinese medicine is so easy. Yeah, just like you kill a chicken, <laughs> mm. or just turn a page, yeah, turn to another page, so easy. With herbal medicine being so popular in China. Are there many people who actually grow their own herbs or forage for medicinal herbs, or is it primarily what's available in the, the no. pharmacies and cities? No, 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 it's, it's more than time. It's not. Yeah, but I know uh, not many like, uh, manufacturers or, or school uh, colleges, they found their special areas yeah, to let the farmers to grow yeah, certain kind of uh, herbs. So now it's hard to find the organic one, the wild one. <laughs> yeah. That's maybe the reason the college is not as good as in old times. Old times, yeah, that, that, that uh, herbalists that you usually find the herbs even by themselves you know, in mountain areas. Yeah, that's organic, right? Wild. <laughs> and with your interest in Chinese literature, do you also have an interest in the classics of the medical literature. Exactly. Yeah. I love uh, called the damage Shanghai Nun. That book is a beautiful book. The Nanjing yeah. to Shanghai Nun and the Nanjing, so beautiful. Yeah. And why Shanghai Nun definitely written style so good because the writer, he was a governor, <laughs> a his position. He just wanted to be yeah, a doctor to serve the ordinary people. So his book is very different from other. I read many uh, other Asian books. Yeah, that maybe really failed in literature, <laughs> in language. So the Shanghan Lun is such an important book for the practice of herbal medicine even today, isn't it? Exactly. It's like for herbalist. Yes. So, so I, I can say all herbalists in different time or different dynasty generation, all his students. Most basic formulas all from his book, and he just used a few herbs, like in like a, around ninety, less than one hundred herbs in his Shanghan Nun. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Then in another part or second book, also not so many herbs. Yeah. Now if you ask how many herbs, no, it's a five thousand. Yeah, ten thousand. Ten thousand. Yes. That's how many herbs re- are being used in practices? Yeah, not, not being used in the, in the, in the textbook, in ancient books. There's 10,000 yes. covered in. But no one can, no one, no one be able to use that kind of 
um, number of the uh, herbs. Yeah, because China is so big, yeah, and the culture different. Yeah, in different regions, north, west, uh, south, east. Yeah, then different. have their own styles and no herbs. Like me, yeah, I learned that practice. Yeah, I got my, my most in currently in central part of China. Yeah, then later I spent ten years in southern part of China. I was surprised to be. I see so many herbs. I did. I didn't know. It's not in the textbook. And we used to so popularly. So Jiang Zhongjing basically used and wrote about less than a hundred herbs in the Shang Han Lun. Yeah, you say oh less than yeah, me two hundred. In Shang Han it's less than one hundred, but he has another part of the book, Jing uh, Gui Yao Lu, the Golden Cabinet, right? Yes, yeah, total less than two hundred, even one hundred fifty. Okay. Yeah. So now his herbs really, really. If I just like uh, what he described in his books and his formulas too. And how old is the Shang Han Lun and the Jingui Yao Lui, approximately? Yeah, uh, it's probably almost like two thousand years old, less than a little bit less than two thousand years old. Yeah, then Huang Di Lei Jin, the Empress, in the magazine. Yeah, it be the earlier. Yeah, than that book. Yeah, but no one know. Uh, who uh, who was the writer of the Nadine? Nadine was so beautiful. Each of like a little, just like a, and compared to like a Shakespeare, I I, I think, yeah. yes, beautiful language. Like we read a poem, yes, like classic literature. Just forgot the Chinese and that. It's so fascinating that these texts that were written so long ago are still kind of yeah. the, the root of the medicine that we practice today and they are completely transferable into modern times. So the Shang Han Lun delivered and the Jingwei Yuale delivered all of this amazing herbal knowledge of relevant formulas and herbs that practitioners can still use today. What is it in the Huangdi Neijing that is so valuable today? Okay, so if there's just Huangdi Neijing, no Shanghan Lun. If no such a book, yeah, then I can say very confidently say no Chinese medicine. Yeah, just like, wow. yeah, just like uh, you have an anatomy, yeah, physiology, pathology, but no pharmacy. Yeah, so there are no Western medicine. Yeah, so Huangdi Neijing is a very basic theory. Yeah, that's a basic theory, yeah. Um, now many used to guide, yeah, uh, how to use Chinese uh, medicine or herbs, and also many still guide something else, something else, yes, yeah, not just the medicine. Uh, that's interesting. It seems that most of the classics of Chinese medicine are related to herbal pharmacopoeia and not so much related to acupuncture. Am I? Just not thinking about particular acupuncture classics, or is it is it true that most of the classics are more based on herbal medicine? Yeah, I I thought about that uh, this question too, and I'm I, I'm thinking this question, and and I did a research recently. Yeah, I compared uh, like ancient books, yeah, focused on herbs and focused on acupuncture. And I was surprised I find. Yeah, there's constantly some works about the herbs, but really very few about the acupuncture. Yeah, maybe four or five. It's called a classic acupuncture books. I'm still looking for the answer why, but I guess, I guess maybe like a disinfection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe use acupuncture, maybe make something that works. Yeah, because the ancient type, no alcohol, no this idea. Now, even acupuncture even developed by People German, but Germany, I think, like a year, like a year, let's yes. from Western uh, Western countries. Yeah, that's acupuncture. Now in the history, I know in a certain period of the time in history, Chinese history, yeah, the acupuncture developed so good. And then in certain history uh, period of time, yeah, then acupuncture just uh, dropped down. So we know that herbal medicine is thousands of years old in China. How old approximately is the practice of acupuncture? Yeah, so it's all the same time. 
Yeah, also about yeah. If the if a guide it by a very special part, so Chinese medicine is called a syndrome differentiation. If the guided by that theory, yeah, it's also about yeah around two thousand years after Nanjing. And what were they using for needles back then? Back then, maybe before them. Yeah, but two thousand years ago, what were the what were they using for needles? Were they similar yeah, to that, the needles we're using today, or was it something else? Yeah, it's like the earliest the earliest needles from uh, from like stone, some kind of stone. Yeah, stone made of stone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Certain kind of stone that they sharpened. Yeah. Yeah. But but the one I I, I believe yeah I didn't uh, do it for that but but I believe yeah so like iron. Like weapon, right? If you have what iron, yeah, iron, yeah. yeah you have like a needle, needle to yeah. to make a clothes, yeah. And then you can, yeah. Then the people in China can have that acupuncture. That's metal, yeah. I believe. And yes. were they? Actually... It's two thousand years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Were, just, were just they like, actually like sword? Okay. Were they actually puncturing the skin with these sharpened stones? No, I. I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah, maybe like a little like a、uh, massage, or just a, a topical, to, yeah, like a pain or topical,、uh, topical、uh, stimulation. I guess I'm not expert in that aspect. Yes. Hmm. And do you know when the actual filiform needle, the needle that we use today, when that started to become popular and available? Available. I believe also around the two、uh, thousand years. Really? Yes, so、uh, there is a history in China so so amazing. It's about、uh, dated back two thousand five hundred, yeah, then to to two thousand. That's about a five hundred years period. Yeah, I believe at that time it's just like a modern United States in China. So lots of uh, uh, like uh, confusions and many many cultures from there before two thousand years. Yeah, you say in Nanjing, in Yang, five elements that the philosophies is already established in that period of the time. Then Nanjing just took the theory in to explain that everything. Yeah, so at that time was China in the war. Yeah, and very advanced the weapons. Yeah, made made from not iron. It put something like I don't know how to say that. Yeah, something like a copper or some certain kind of chemicals inside. Yeah. Okay. To prevent the rust, like yeah. So I believe the needle, yeah, they made the same material. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course,、from. yeah. Needles have also been made from gold, and I presume other metals as well. Over. Yeah, it should it should combine mixed with other metals, not just the gold because it's too soft. Okay.、Yes. Okay. I use this as silver. Yes. It's, before in China, it's called a yinzhen silver needle. Yeah, we made it from silver. Yeah, so metal, needles are commonly made from silver, and only silver,、yeah. or again combined with other. I, I guess just、uh, combined. Though I don't know if it's、uh, from silver. Yeah, I'm not yeah. good at this part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with your interest in Chinese literature and also growing up in China, were you influenced by? Any of the classic Buddhist or Taoist literature? I do interested in that. You know,、uh, yeah, I plan to spend the time to do research after I get retired. Yeah, even now I still find the time yeah、uh, to watch yeah some document from YouTube, yeah、uh, Buddhist or Taoist. Yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah, that's something I want to learn. But that wasn't necessarily part of the culture that you were. Brought up in, and, you... uh, uh, not really. Unfortunately, I brought up it's、uh, like a cultural revolution, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Yeah.、Uh, yes. Okay. And what was the reason you ended up coming to Canada? Whoa! Well, that's a good question. A long story. Oh, go short. for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a Western countries. Yeah. Uh, you don't like yeah Xinhua News Agency, right? Xinhua News Agency. Yeah. Yes, 
I grew up in that environment. Yeah, my dad yeah, is a journalist uh, in okay. our news agency. Yeah, but my idea, my thought, opposite to his. <laughs> yeah, so I got the chance. I got a chance uh, when I was when I was uh, in elementary school and the middle school. I got the chance to uh, read special news. Yeah, not for everyone. Yeah, just from uh, for a special group of people. So so it uh, had a lot of report about the Western countries. Okay. Yes. Actually, I was influenced by that small newspaper. That that kind of newspaper just where uh, certain kind of people can read the government. Yeah. So the Xinhua yes. News Agency reported a lot on Western culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a, a special, a, a special newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a very small group of people in circle. The government high rank. Then no, it's still no Western country stops <laughs> yeah, at, that, at that time. Yeah. Is that what sparked your interest then in potential? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's I think so. Yeah, because that's I always have the opposite ideas of to my my dad. Yes, even my brother, the most people actually my 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 brain very Western style. Yeah, even when I was in middle school, high school. That's second reason I love English language. Yes, I spend lots of time you know, to study English. Yeah, English is a uh, is a course uh, in yeah, middle school, high school, even in the university. It's English language. Yeah, I was one always one of the best in the class. Yeah. <laughs> and how was that? How was that tr- transition for you when you moved to Canada? At that point, I presume you were already a doctor of Chinese medicine, and yeah. then you set about creating a new life here. How was that for you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was not believable. I'm going to say, yeah. So then Canada, Canada, in my mind, yeah, just like a country, I was educated, yeah, in yes, yeah, in the middle school, high school, or, or what, or what, yeah. That's the country, yeah. It's true, yeah. But the China now it's totally different. It's like maybe I guess maybe like uh, something two hundred years ago, maybe UK. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And what did you find was the most challenging aspect of starting a life in Canada? Um, I think I'm very good, very good. No, no yeah. really big challenge, much easier than that in China. But the problem for me, just the family, the relatives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no big, no many like relatives uh, to visit. Yeah, only small family here. Yeah, that's the only issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's okay, yeah. Did you start practicing Chinese medicine right away when you moved here? Uh, you can say that, but not formally. I just practice at, at, at home. Yeah, most of friend. Yes, but the many tea, right? Yeah, many teach in your school. <laughs> and sometimes other school too, yeah. Okay, and I formally practiced just about like four or five years ago. Yeah. yeah and before- most energy, yeah, in my community. Before coming to Canada, were you a doctor in the hospitals or did you have your own private oh, clinic? Oh, in the hospitals. You were in yeah. the hospital. I, I worked in a hospital, Western medicine style hospitals in my hometown. Yeah, so I got a chance to train in Western medicine. Yeah, so yeah, I I, I, I could uh, practice in both ways. Yeah, so I can, I, I, I believe I have half yeah, Western medicine property. Have, yeah, now I moved to uh, Guangzhou, the capital city of Guangdong province. Yes, that's and also working hospitals and uh, by the part-time yeah but i mainly train other students and i know you're very busy with your teaching now do you still have a private practice yes i'm pretty busy uh, in my private uh, private practice yeah but i still uh, teach yeah teach uh, several uh, several hours a week yeah because i want to uh, keep the connection with students yeah, students are my best teacher. Yeah, in teaching, yes. I learn every 
every time each thing got a little loss. Yes. The medicine is a lifetime. That's gone, especially Chinese medicine. Yeah, because Chinese medicine is empirical medicine. Yes, experience. Yeah. That means to how to understand yeah, others, especially Asian doctors. It takes time. And in your practice, do you use both uh, herbs and acupuncture? And are, I shouldn't say both. Are you also using both? Twina? Yeah. Are you also using Twina? Any... Unfortunately, not. I wish I could. Yeah, not no Twina. Yes. So it's mostly acupuncture and herbal medicine. Acupuncture and herbal medicine. Yeah, usually for uh, for conditions complicated or severe. Yeah, I always uh, use uh, herbs. Yeah, but for pain, yeah, for like the anxiety, yeah, many like the functional disorders, yeah, I use uh, acupuncture. But acupuncture is uh, covered by insurance, right? Yeah, it's also business. I need to survive. <laughs> yes, so uh, most patients actually for acupuncture. Yes. And do you find patients are generally pretty open to taking herbal medicine? Here in Canada, yeah, my patient, my patient years, but I don't believe uh, everyone know. Yeah, so uh, it still have the big potential. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's really nice on like entrepreneurs like you and others. Yes, yeah, to yeah, let other yeah other people to know yeah know yeah, the herbs because I found I found uh, many many patients yeah went to see. Uh, natural path doctors or chiropractors, they are good, definitely. Yes, I, I feel more, you know, more people, yeah, to seek health care, yeah, from other kind of uh, alternative and medical things, yeah, uh, not really in Canada here, not really a uh, Chinese medicine, although more and more, yeah, for people to see uh, acupuncture, rest, and herbal Chinese. Medical herbalist year by year, but it's still not enough. Yeah, because I found uh, like a chiropractic uh, use a lot of Chinese trainer skills. I worked with a chiropractor before. Yeah, skills. Yeah, how to twist uh, the spine. Yeah, so it's in trainer. Yeah. and also many uh, natural path doctors. <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, use all Chinese herbs a lot. Yeah, so but why? Yeah, why? Uh, Maybe future more and more yeah, people just directly to see yeah acupuncturist and the uh, medicine herbalist yeah and yeah. I was uh, very glad yeah uh, I started to teach uh, a formulas this semester I haven't I haven't teach for many years now yeah now I was surprised what students yeah twelve students in the class yeah it seems about eight or nine they already have a license uh, acupuncture license. They want um, knowledge of herbs. Right. I believe they think they need herbs to treat um, many, many conditions. Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. And for your herbal prescribing, are you using mostly raw herbs or are you prescribing granules or other forms of herbs? I think I'm the only one, yeah, uh, like a private practice. Yeah, I use both. Only one use both. I use a granule so good, and I use a very traditional raw crew herbs. They taste yeah. really bad. I have two. <laughs> and, and you're, Hor you're... horrible. Horrible. <laughs> 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 yeah, I have one. I have one. You know, I, it's, it's my third year in hospital. Yeah, I got sick. Yeah, now I I stay in the same uh, unit, hospitalized. Yeah, and a senior doctor prescribed to me the herbs. Yeah, I just took one day and a second, I just pulled out. And I told her, <laughs> I said, it takes like, like a dirty socks. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> saying that. <laughs> but for me, that time is okay, just a common cold, not a big issue. But if I have a cancer, if really there's certain herbs that can cure my cancer, yes, I would take it. Yeah, but no such a thing. Yes. <laughs> it yes. really depends. I, I have a patient, uh, as a Western nurse, Western nurse. I, I prescribe her some yeah, uh, raw herbs, raw herbs because because uh, her condition, yeah. He, uh, he tried, uh, she tried yeah, many many uh, ways. Yeah, 
and then it lost the way to try yeah raw herbs yeah mm-hmm. so i understand the, the patient yeah i'll say psychologically yes okay <laughs> yeah i can remember in my early days dealing with musculoskeletal injuries and i would drink concoctions with moyao and rushong myrrh and frankincense <laughs> Oh, not too bad. Were the most vile tasting decoctions I could I've ever had. It was, it was awful. <laughs> so that's why granules, yeah, it's amazing, right? Yeah, very similar effect, even to many many diseases, even better. Yeah, than raw herbs. It's better. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you have to be worried about the quality of the granular? products the granule herbs generally say I will not worry about the quality but very seriously yeah yeah so you still yeah still have a different brand the quality different yes yes yeah yeah only okay. to say that yes yeah different brands have higher quality okay yeah some are yeah, higher quality yeah. Uh, earlier you spoke of things such as chiropractic that does that uses some chinese medicine concepts and skills and i I think the influence of chinese medicine is really quite deep when it comes to a lot of different medicines because i recall getting chiropractic years ago and getting something called the graston technique which is a scraping device which is simply gua sha yeah i saw that Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's so many, I, I think there's so many parallel or so many aspects of Chinese medicine that have been adopted into other natural therapies and given different names. Uh, of course, we now see cupping is everywhere. It's very popular yes. and it's not always done as a, as a form of Chinese medicine, but more as a therapy in and of itself. Yes. <laughs> It's interesting, the influence, and I guess it only makes sense considering the thousands of years of history behind Chinese yeah. medicine, that certainly it would influence and cross over into other areas of medicine. I think that's good. And, uh, and I also wish one day, yeah, Chinese medicine also can embrace other medicines, other traditional medicines. I, 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 I had a patient, yeah, uh, some took a certain, yeah, also traditional medicine from an and northern, North, South America. Yeah, then I did the research. Yeah, I, I found some very strong that can, can compare with uh, strong uh, Chinese herbs. Yes, okay. Actually, uh, many many uh, Chinese herbs I adopted from uh, Western countries, from uh, from India or from Middle East, yeah, from other countries. Even right. the Moyao you mentioned, yeah, in thousand years ago, yeah, from there. And of course, there was great trade between China and India and the Middle East along the silk routes and the spice routes. And of course, there is a lot of crossover between Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine. They're both thousands of years old and have similar concepts of energy and meridians and and qi or prana. Yes. In your practice, Kevin, are you specializing or focusing on any particular areas more so than others yeah i really i really want to focus on certain part like a cardiac a cardiovascular diseases but it's impossible for me to do it here yes okay i still treat yeah yeah i many many the company seeing all patients yes yeah it's a business too <laughs> you you really love cardiovascular yeah, I really like that. No, I, I have a patient had uh, actually heart failure. Yeah, because he had a, a, a negative uh, appearance with a cardiologist. Yeah, and uh, he had a symptom. Yeah, from very mild heart failure for for several years, at least three years, he coughed in the early morning. <clears throat> now I diagnosed the heart failure in Western medicine theories. Yeah, but also in Chinese medicine theories about the syndrome pattern. A chi deficiency, lung spleen, and also phlegm. I use two theories. Right now, I use a, a, a Chinese herbs to tonify chi. It's so simple. Just ginseng is the number one herb inside. Then several other herbs yeah, for phlegm 
Yeah? And uh, also uh, for plasticity, we said that dilated blood vessels, yeah, then also promote urination. So that's two theories. Yeah, I mixed together. Yeah, only a few days the patient looked, uh, took my granules, just granules here. So symptoms completely disappeared. Wow. Yes, even even I follow up, I followed up. Yeah, yeah. So he, he didn't come back, and he and he and he didn't take my every day. No, yeah, it's, it's surprised to me. <laughs> yeah. So after a very prolonged period of having mild signs yeah. of heart disease. Yeah. And you said that the the symptom was a morning cough with phlegm. Yeah, early morning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And digestion not good too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So you were able to tonify and use phlegm removing herbs and that cleared yes. up and and also his his heart became healthier as a result. Yeah, it's healthier. Exactly. And outside of that, what does Chinese medicine have to offer when it comes to cardiovascular health? Is it more, would you be prescribing more herbs for cardiovascular patients or is acupuncture also very beneficial? Okay, if I use that patient as an example, yeah, acupuncture won't help. For that case, so just rinsen, you, uh, patient take rinsen to stomach, yeah, rinsen then, then jinsen, and then working on the central nervous systems, yeah, cardiovascular, uh, uh, cardiovascular center, even which by the way, center, yeah, can excite and stimulate that sense directly. Yeah, I think I read blood pressure. It's it's proved. It, it's uh, measurable. And what about a patient who has late stage of cardiovascular disease? What could you do for for those patients? It, it, it depends on what kind of disease. Okay. And, yeah. And that would that be probably mostly herbal treatment still? Uh, so if you say heart failure, then they have to use herbs, if not uh, pharmaceuticals, yeah. But after it gets controlled, everything can control, yes, then acupuncture very good too. Yeah, can prevent something. Right. Yes. So it's really, uh, it really depends. So uh, it's something that what kind of disease uh, are better to be treated by acupuncture or, or better to be treated by herbs. Yeah, so in China, usually herbalists know that. Yeah, in China, usually uh, mostly uh, patient is referred by herbalist to see acupuncture. Is that in China? Yeah, and also uh, the acupuncture, the theory to guide acupuncture properties, the theory actually is from herbal properties. In ancient time, people change these herbs in other herb. Yeah, and then the effect is good, and they try to find. Why it's good? They used they they used uh, philosophy to explain it. Explain it, yes, yeah. And then they use the same theory to guide acupuncture treatment. Yeah, I read a book, a very thick book. It's published by best uh, pub, uh, publishing house uh, for like medicine stuffs for that on. Uh, so it's about the acupuncture. He he gave the function of each acupoint very interesting just like it gives the function of each herbs each mm -hmm. herb yeah and then in china right now yeah i think i think uh, acupuncture is make uh, uh treat a patient treat a patient they use the theory most of them are herbs but some maybe not maybe just maybe no one do research yeah so maybe one third not other special treatment, yeah, like empirical points or other theories. Yes. But the majority is also guided by uh, syndrome differentiation, syndrome. Yeah, I think the heat, the cold, excess deficiency, that was a location. Yeah. And the pathogen all cause, yeah, these are four aspects. And are you still taking new patients into your clinic practice? Yes, I need a new patient. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you have a website for that, Kevin? I have a website, yes. Yeah, what is the website? Oh, yeah, that's the Bay Van Clinic. Bay, Bay is from Bay Street, B-A-Y, Bay, Bay Street. Van, Vancouver Street. Okay. Van, V-A-N. That's the corner of the, 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 the course. Yeah. So yeah. it's Bay Van Clinic. Dot, 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 dot
Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes. Great. Well, hopefully we'll send some patients your way. You've been such an important pillar of our school and such an amazing teacher for our students over the years. Do you have any words of wisdom for students of Chinese medicine? No, I just feel lucky. I just feel lucky. Yeah. You feel, yeah, yes. feel lucky, yes. Yeah, to get the chance yeah, to teach uh, in your school, such such good school, the best school. Yes. And uh, in the past uh, decades, I, I just watched yeah, school differently year by year. Yeah, it's amazing. It's the bright future in Canada. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, that really future. Yeah. And uh, okay. <laughs> thank you, Kevin. Thank you. And thank you so thank much you. for taking taking the time to meet with me today. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, I really appreciate you inviting me. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pacific Rim College Radio with Dr. Kevin Hu. For more about Dr. Hu, please visit his website at bayvan.ca. That's B-A-Y-V-A-N dot C-A. If you want to learn from Dr. Who, consider applying at Pacific Rim College to begin your journey as a holistic healthcare practitioner. If you are interested in studying Chinese medicine, the School of Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine at Pacific Rim College offers world-renowned multi-year programs including world's first study options, combining acupuncture with Western herbal medicine and holistic nutrition. Visit pacificrimcollege.com to learn more. Also, don't forget to check out our online education in Chinese medicine by exploring the amazing course offerings at pacificrimcollege.online, including many courses featuring other guests of this podcast. Sign up for our newsletter to receive special offers on our newest releases. If you are interested in receiving clinical services on holistic nutrition, herbal medicine, and acupuncture in Chinese medicine, the student clinic at PRC provides more than 7,000 annual treatments. Live holistic nutrition and herbal medicine consultations are both available online, while acupuncture and Chinese medicine treatments can be had at our Victoria campus. Free treatment options are available in all areas. Visit the student clinic at pacificrimcollege.com for more information and to book your appointment. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends and family and give it a five-star rating on whatever podcast app you are using. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, seek out your local Chinese medicine practitioner as a link to the cure for what ails you.